Welcome back to Mark's Madness. Yeah, all right. We're doing it again. And as is tradition, this, guys, this is this is a new tradition. Tradition of read one long quote for an entire episode. <laughs> Get ready for the Sumner episode. I begin... I'm not going to do this whole time. I begin by expressing a heartfelt aspiration that the day may soon come when the states lately in rebellion may be received again into the co-partnership of political power and the full fellowship of the union. But I see too well that it is vain to expect this day, which is so much longed for, until we have obtained that security for the future, which is found only in the equal rights of all, whether in the courtroom or at the ballot box. This is the great guarantee, without which all other guarantees will fail. This is the sole solution of our present troubles and anxieties. This is the only sufficient assurance of peace and reconciliation. Our fathers solemnly announced the equal rights of all men and that government had no just foundation except in the consent of the governed. And to the support of the declaration, heralding these self-evident truths, they pledged their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor. All right, Charles, get off your fucking horse here <laughs> for a second, buddy. Uh, and now the moment has come when these vows must be fulfilled to the letter. In securing the equal rights of the freedman and his participation in the government, which he is taxed to support, we shall perform those early promises of the fathers, and at the same time, the supplementary promises only recently made to the freedmen as the condition of alliance and aid against the rebellion. A failure to perform these promises is moral and political bankruptcy. Twice already since rebel slavery rose, necessity has spoken to us, insisting, first, that the slaves should be declared free, and secondly, that muskets should be put into their hands for their common defense. Yielding to necessity, these two things were done. Reason, humanity, justice were powerless in this behalf, but necessity was irresistible. And the result testifies how wisely the Republic acted without emancipation, followed by the arming of the slaves, rebel slavery would not have been overcome. Cannot emphasize that enough. Mm -hmm. Without emancipation, followed by the arming of the slaves, rebel slavery would not have been overcome. With these, the victory was easy. So we've got a lot of quote left, but time to cut in here. <laughs> uh, we have a full episode of quote left. We have yeah. roughly 50 minutes of quote left. Um, so I, you know, we've said it. We've tried to put our thumb on who Sumner is because you're going to do that talking about Reconstruction. And... It's kind of this, like, he was the moral guy. He believes steadfastly in the humanity of black people. He showed that in his actions. But he was a slave to the market ideology that's in the name of the oppressors, and which was a big part of the downfall of Reconstruction. And so what he's missing is this materialist analysis. I don't, I don't know how he correctly says that last paragraph and doesn't have the materialist analysis. Where he talks about like it wasn't morality, it wasn't this these great laws like four score and seven years ago our founding fathers believed in freedom. He's like, no, it's not about all that bullshit. Um, we armed them because we had to, and because we armed them, they are free, and that's that's all there is to it, right? Mm -hmm. Without abolition, the North doesn't win the war. Without uh, the slaves arming themselves, not only does the North not 
North not win the war, but abolition doesn't happen. The slaves arm themselves out of necessity, uh, their own necessity to be free, and the North's necessity to have them jump into the troops because they were losing a war. And whim bang boom you have north victory against slavery and poor emancipation so that is a true materialist analysis and so with that to turn around and be like okay and we'll leave this in the hands of the free market because these are our ideals it just it shows how that kind of individualist ideology can poison you ideologically or it shows how much again that the U.S. government and everyone in it, down to the individual, even when they're being morally sounded, being a materialist, is a slave to the fact that it's a dictatorship of the bourgeoisie. And when you are an active member of that dictatorship, mm-hmm. which Charles Sumner was, there is very little, again, as as best, Charles Sumner is about the best we were getting in terms of these people that you could put up there. Mm-hmm. Again, if you could take a Charles Sumner right now, you take him ahead of everybody, and yet you still see this fundamental. Yeah, he's still no good. He's still failure. garbage. Yeah, he's yeah, comparatively he's the least garbage. garbage human that's ever been in this in, in in that Congress. And this speech, I mean, we were reading it. He gets so much praise in this book and so much praise around this subject for a good reason. And yet, as we see in this book, and in this, and of course, we say in this book, in this, the real history of the United States. That's what this book is. Um, that he's. Just still just garbage. I mean, this is not a salvageable system. The whole thing is crap. At last, the same necessity which insisted first upon emancipation and then upon the arming of the slaves insists with the same unanswerable force upon the admission of freedmen to complete equality before the law so that there should be no ban of color in the courtroom or at the ballot box and government shall be fixed on its only rightful foundation. The consent of the governed Reason, humanity, justice, all of which are clear for this admission of the freedmen, may fail to move you, but you must yield to necessity, which now requires that these promises shall be performed. The freedmen must be protected. To this you are specially pledged by the proclamation of President Lincoln, which after declaring him free, promises to maintain this freedom, not for any limited period, but for all time. Again, least garbage of these guys Sumner comparatively yeah. pretty damn good um, yes but this cannot be done so long as you deny him the shield of impartial laws let him be heard in court and let him vote let these rights be guarded sacredly beyond even the shield of impartial laws he will then have that protection which comes from the consciousness of manhood <laughs> okay there's a little little bit of, of Sumner's downfall uh, clad in the full penalty panoply panoply i don't know whatever word of citizenship he will feel at last that he is a man at present he is only a recent chattel awaiting your justice to be transmitted into man transmuted into manhood if you would have him respected in his rights you must begin by respecting him in your laws if you would maintain him in his freedom you must begin by maintaining him in the equal rights of citizenship Foremost is the equality of all Sorry, I would like to. I would like to pause for a second and go. Yes, back to yeah, you pause the shit you, out of this. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna pause here. Um, 
you when because when you got to so I want to go back to this line. Yeah. Uh, let him be heard in court. Let him vote. Let these rights be guarded sacredly beyond even the shield of impartial laws. He will then have that protection which comes from the consciousness of manhood. And to some level, and and you you made an offhand remark there that that was like his downfall. Expand on what you're thinking there because I'm 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 reading this very differently. Okay, so he's saying like you know of course we ha- he has to be equal in the law. Beyond that, morally he will find equality. It's not like materially like he's talking about necessity, necessity, necessity. And all of a sudden he's not pumping for well the law is not enough. He has to materially be there. He's you know the law is not enough. But morality will take care of it. See, and this this is weird, and it may, I may be going too deep, and so pull me back if I am, but I'm reading much more, like, Fanon into that. Like, I'm reading that much more as a, if you start treating people, when you treat people as subhumans, there is a level of, you know, they, they will give up their humanity at a certain point, or at least a, a certain subset of them will, sub, you know, fall into that that mindset whereas once you are treating a man once you are treating him as an equal citizen not as a colonized member of society but as a full equal citizen with all the same protections under the law and none of that distinction then then there is again that that's rising yourself up to personhood and taking back your your identity from being a colonized person to being a full member of a society i can absolutely read that almost i you could cut and paste that into wretched of the earth and i wouldn't be able to spot it being incorrect i don't think okay yeah, you so know, just just I, different readings of it, I would guess. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying either one of us is wrong. I, I obviously we don't know for sure which one Sumner meant there. Um, no. I'm I'm of course leaning to the evidence of, of his free marketness, but he definitely has a a feel for the deserving humanity of you know of of colonized, especially black people, and that's I mean that's in this speech. So you you may be more on track there. I'm not sure which one of us is interpreting it correctly, but those are and two again, valid is- interpretations of that. And that's all. That's all this was. Is again, there, there's that off. There's that way of reading it, and then I wanted the other way because again, that's how it struck me. So, uh, you know, sure. listener at home, this is a reading group. Yeah. Now it's your turn. Now you talk. Hold on, we'll pause for two two minutes for you to give your side. We wouldn't do that while you guys are here talking to us. We 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 would we would love to talk to you, but <laughs> that'll be that'll be fun one of these days. One of these days we're just gonna do a college show and have everybody in Discord and just all right, guys, we're having a real reading group. All you get in here. <laughs> um, <laughs> that being said, continue. Foremost is the equality of all men. Of course, in Declaration of Rights, no such supreme folly was intended that all men are created equal in form or capacity, bodily or mental, but simply that they are created equal in rights. This is the first of the self-evident truths that are announced, leading and governing all the rest. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness are among inalienable rights, but they are all held in subordination to that primal truth. Here is the starting point of the whole, and the end is like the starting point. In announcing that governments derive their just powers from the consent of the governed, the Declaration repeats again the same proclamation of equal rights. Thus equality, the Alpha, and the Omega, in which other rights are embraced. Men may not have a natural right to certain things, but most clearly they have a natural right to impartial laws, by which they shall be secured in equal rights. Equality in rights is the first of rights. So again, I mean, this is this is. I'm going to lean back into my reading again here, where the, the folly of Sumner. He very much believes he he believes that you know the slaveholders making this bill of rights. The problem was that they didn't mean black people. Um, they didn't mean the non 
you know the 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 non property holding why they 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 should have meant everyone but all it is, all it needs is this equality of rights that's what it's all around to you know he even kind of says it doesn't guarantee the same conditions or that people you know have the same essentially he he alluded to abilities um just that they are equal in these inalienable impartial laws and he's making a sell for impartial laws to people who believe in the US government about a hundred years after it was formed. So, I mean, there's a reason he's talking like this, yeah. but I also very much feel that he believes it in this way. And that's part of who he is. And that's part of why, other than of course, being part of this dictatorship of the bourgeoisie, he is essentially unable to break from this free market ideology of it. Even if he, you can tell steadfastly and passionately yeah. believes in the humanity of people who had been dehumanized. And I'm gonna we're gonna we're gonna make this the new trend of the episode where Nathan just does Sumner apologia. I would I mean I would say again this is just who's the audience? Yeah. The audience here is the collect. I mean he's a House member. This whole speech, the context of this speech again that came if you're for whatever reason forgot from last week or haven't or you know you're not binging or however you get it. Um, this there was a bill brought to the Senate that Sumner was the representative for. So whenever there's a bill that comes from one chamber that goes to the other chamber, generally speaking, there's a member of that chamber that comes and presents it and gives it its intro and it, you know, hypes it up and gets everybody ready because, you know, you weren't there for all the debate and we don't have 24 hour news. So I got to get you up to speed on what all the debate we had. This was part of a, it was like a four hour. You talked for like four hours. This is not the whole speech. It, there's excerpts of it. Exactly. Um, but his job is to sell this to a body of Congress that ostensibly, would hold themselves to so I think he's just I think this is just rhetorical at this point of look you you I, I'm gonna call this all on the table you cannot have these words written in this way and this is the thing you swear to uphold and then not actually uphold it in any meaningful way I I think it is I think he's doing a little bit of what Marx I'm gonna give him I'm gonna I'm gonna lean into this he he's giving this a capital treatment of he is <laughs> all right fine play by I will your play rules. by I'll play by your stupid rules but then treat them the same way play everybody by the same damn rules or admit that your system is fucked you can't have it both ways you can't be the signing city on the hill and then apply your laws half of the way and we are about they are a body obsessed with laws that's their whole thing so of course you're going to couch it in laws because that's what this is so this has been nathan does sumner apologia (laughs) taking the sum total of the population in the 11 states we find 5,447,222 whites to 3,666,110 colored persons so i mean that's what about a, a 60 40 split there um, I don't do math. Sure. Let's say 60-40. Um, and you are now to decide whether in dis- the discharge of your duties under the Constitution and bound to guarantee a Republican form of government, you will disenfranchise this mighty mass, shutting them out of those equal rights promised by our fathers and from all voice in the government to their country. They surpass in numbers by at least a million a whole population of the colonies, and at the time of our fathers, raised the cry, taxation without representation is tyranny. And now you are to decide whether you will strip them of this representation while you subject them to the gr- to a grinding taxation by tariff and excise, acting directly and indirectly, which dwarfs into insignificance everything attempted by the British Parliament. We're not going to stop there. I was going to say we're not going to stop there too long because that's too much to Nathan's point and David doesn't like that. I was about, cause that, I was about to say, no, no, because that just, ha, 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 ha. I'm taking that point. Keep going. <laughs> 
Let me be understood. What I especially ask is impartial suffrage, which is, of course, embraced in universal suffrage. What is universal is necessarily impartial. For <laughs> now we're getting into metaphysics. Yeah. You better <laughs> back off, Charles. We're not doing Kant. <laughs> For the present, I simply insist that all shall be equal before the law, so that in the enjoyment of this right, there shall be no restriction which is not equally applicable to all. Any further question in the nature of qualification belongs to another stage of debate, and yet I have no hesitation in saying that the universal suffrage is a universal right, subject only to such regulations as the safety of society may require. This may concern one age, two character, three registration, four residents. Nobody doubts that minors may be excluded, and so also persons of an infamous life. Whoa, 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 Sumner. All right, this is where you get canceled. You just know. He just he kicked felons off. Yep. Fuck yep. off, Sumner. Nope, yep. Again. I'm I, joking. I'm still on Sumner. I'm, I'm still Sumner. I get it. Baby steps, but, man. Come on. But you're, but you're right. You're right. You're just kidding because this is a, a, a thing back in David's court. Uh, registration and residence are both prudential requirements for the safeguard of the ballot box against the nomads and bohemians of politics. And what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> what is this just back and forth a tennis match of weird things that make Nathan look right than weird things that make David look right? What the fuck? What the fuck are nomads and bohemians? <laughs> Feels like a coded, an even more coded way of coming at the Romani people, and I don't like it, Sumner. Yeah, yeah. Um, and to compel the exercise of this franchise where a person is known among his neighbors and friends. Education also may, under certain circumstances, be a requirement of prudence, especially valuable in the Republic, where so much depends on the intelligence of people. <laughs> These temporary restrictions do not in any way interfere with the rights of suffrage, for they leave it as absolutely accessible to all. So again, we've you're right, Nathan. This is a back and forth. You got a paragraph not, on if your you're, side. If you're not, and I didn't stop on your paragraph. That so keep moving. On my side. Okay. The ballot is a schoolmaster reading. And okay. Writing. Whoa, 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 whoa. All right. This the metaphor <laughs> has gotten off the rail. What the fuck are you? A raven's like a writing desk. What are you talking about, Sumner? What is this nut? What? What? <laughs> Is this, See, the ballot is what? really the the ballot is the character of our country, and we my, must understand it. My question is, why did Bong hit Sumner not say the ballot was a school mom? <laughs> Sumner, yeah, Sumner is definitely he had to get through this whole speech. You know, at some point he hit a wall. It was just like <laughs> sucking down laudanum or something. And it was like, okay, so guys, hear me out. Hear me out. The ballot, it's like a school. <laughs> little, little too much hooch there, Sumner. Um, the ballot <laughs> Take back a notch school- on the, uh, the the opium. Yeah, the ballot is a schoolmaster. Reading and writing are of in in oh inestimable. Inestimable. Oh, inestimable. You can't estimate. Okay, well, I can't be estimated. Inestimable value. But the ballot teaches what these cannot teach. It teaches manhood, especially. Uh- <laughs> Boy, nope. you go vote. Call- no, I was about to say, no one's like, all right, we're taking you out for your manhood ritual. Uh, here's a hanging chad. Go, son, go! <laughs> Especially it is important to a race whose manhood has been denied. The work of redemption cannot be complete if the ballot is left in doubt. Freedmen are, the freedman already knows his friends by the unerring, unerring instinct of the heart. 
give him the ballot and he will be educated into the principles of the government. Deny him the ballot and he will continue an alien in knowledge as in his rights. He is a, his claim is exceptional as your injustice is exceptional. <laughs> I like I like that line. Uh, for generations, yeah. you have shut him out from all education, making it a crime to teach him and read for himself the book of life. Let not the tyranny to the past be an apology for any further exclusion. Yeah. Having pleaded for the freedmen, I now plead for the republic. For to each alike, the ballot is a necessity. Okay. Charles Sumner is just getting on Twitter and telling people to vote for everything. Like, the world's on fire. Go vote. I'm getting, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to turn here. Uh, for to each alike, the ballot is a necessity. It is idle. To expect any true peace while the freedman is robbed of this transcendent light and left a prey to that vengeance which is ready to wreak havoc upon the disappointment of defeat. The country, sympathetic with him, will be in a position of perpetual unrest. With him it will suffer, and with him alone can it cease to suffer. Only through him can you redress the balance of our political system and assure the safety of patriot citizens. Only through him can you save the national debt from the inevitable repudiation which awaits it when recent rebels, in conjunction with northern allies, once more bear sway. His is our best guarantee. Use him. He was once your fellow soldier. He has always been your fellow man. Yeah. Um, That's a bunch of bullshit couched with a great line at the end. I speak today hoping to do something for my country and especially for that unhappy portion which has been arrayed in arms against us. The people there are my fellow citizens and gladly I would hail them if they would permit it as no longer a section, no longer the South, but an integral part of the Republic under a constitution which knows no North and no South and cannot tolerate any sectional pretensions. There's no red America. There's no blue America. There's just America. (laughs) Hi, Charles. How you doing? Gladly do I offer my best efforts in all sincerity for their welfare, but I see clearly that there is nothing in the compass of mortal power so important to them in every respect, morally, politically, and economically, that there is nothing with such certain promise to them of beneficial results. There is nothing so sure to make their land smile with industry and fertility as the decree of equal rights, which I now invoke. Let the decree go forth to cover them with blessings." <laughs> cover them with like, Christmas <laughs> go for us with like the Christmas this, spirit just imagine like Final Fantasy 14 just casting heal spells on the south like come <laughs> on sure to descend upon them and their their children in successive generations they have given us war we give them peace they have raged against us in the name of slavery we send them back the benedict the benediction of justice for all. They menace when hate. they go low, we go high. Come on, gang, let's do it. <laughs> they menace hate. We offer in return all the sacred charities of country together with oblivion of the past. This is our measure for measure. This is our retaliation. This is our only revenge. <laughs> this is the paragraph where Charles Sumner channels both Michelle and Barack Obama at the same time. <laughs> In the the fearful tragedy now drawing to a close, there is a destiny, stern and irresistible as that of the Greek drama, which seems to master all that is done, hurrying on the death of slavery and its whole brood of sin. There is also a Christian providence which watches this battle for right, caring especially for the poor and downtrodden who have no helper. The freedman, still writhing under cruel oppression, now lifts his voice to God the Avenger. It is for us to save ourselves from righteous judgment. 
Okay. All right. That there's some yeah. code in there for hey hey guys. You need also, to do this the easy way or the hard way. Just gonna vote. God's a better Avenger than Iron Man. I mean, I'll I'll take that. Well, it depends on which God. Yeah. <laughs> We'll, we'll, we can get into that later. We'll, we'll, we'll power rank him later. But uh, never with an impunity can you outrage human nature. Our country, which is guilty still, is paying still the grievous penalty. Therefore, by every motive of self-preservation, we are summoned to be just. And thus is the case a cause associated indissolubly with the national life. Strike at the black code as you have already struck at the slave code. There is nothing mm. to choose between them. Strike it once. Strike hard. You have already proclaimed emancipation. Proclaim enfranchisement also. And do not stultify yourself by setting at naught the practical principle of the fathers, that all just government stands only on the consent of the governed. If you're keeping track at home and playing the drinking game of drink every time Charles Sumner says consent of the governed, you are wasted, and I apologize. <laughs> and it's inseparable corollary that taxation without representation is tyranny. What you also might be drunk if you play in that drinking game. Yeah, that one's less so, though. It's it, the consent of the governed he really enjoys. What was once true is true forever, although we may for a long time lose sight of it, and this is the case with these imperishable truths to which you have been, alas, so indifferent. Thus far, the work is only half done. Yes, but According I do like to, how he immediately well, went right at strike the black code as you've already struck the slave code. He, he's oh, yeah, recognize them. him as the same. Yeah, is, is equal, and that's great. According to the best testimony now, the population of Earth embracing Caucasians, Mongolians, Uh-oh. Malays, okay. Africans, and Americans is about 1,300 millions. Is it really? Okay. Didn't, didn't really have billion back then, did you? Yeah. Uh, of whom only 375 millions are white men, or a little less than one-fourth, so that in claiming exclusive rights for white men, you degrade nearly three-quarters of the human family. Sumner with the early moonshot to white people are the minority on Earth. Nice job, Chuck. Uh Made in the image of God and declared to be of one blood. <laughs> and, and by the way, it is hard to put in air quotes to someone speaking out loud, but I think Du Bois is nailing it when he puts like image of God in one blood in air quotes. While oh, you can yeah. s- sanction a caste offensive to religion, an oligarchy inconsistent with Republican government and a monopoly, which has the whole world as its footstool damn. against. Go ahead. No, I was just saying, damn. Yep. Against this assumption, I protest with mind, soul, and heart. It is false in religion, false in statesmanship, and false in economy. It is an extravagance which, if enforced, is foolish tyranny. Show me a a creature with erect countenance looking to heaven, made in the image of God, and I show you a man who, of whatever country or race, whether darkened or equatorial – Sun or blanched by, by northern equatorial code. Sun. Oh, darkened by equatorial sun or blanched by northern code. Again, Sumner with the deep Cold. shot of of race as a bullshit construct, <laughs> and people look different because they're adapted to their environments. Is with you a child of the heavenly Father and equal to you with entitled to all the rights of human nature? Oh my God! The second seer. Of democracy. That's a that's a sentence right there. Was Thaddeus mm-hmm. Stevens. Mm-hmm. He was a man different entirely in method, education, and thought from Charles Sumner. We know Stevens best when he was old and sick, and when with grim and awful courage he made the American Congress take the last step which it has ever taken towards democracy. Probably still wow. true. <laughs> Yet in one respect, Stevens is thought Stevens, in his thought, was even more realistic than Charles Sumner. 
Although Sumner later followed him, from the first, Stevens knew that beneath all the the theoretical freedom and political right must lie the economic foundation. He said at Lancaster, Pennsylvania, September 7th, 1865, I'm not done! This is a man that's going to get to a material base, ladies and gentlemen. That's what I was going to say. We have a man pontificating about all sorts of high-minded ideals, and we got a man that's about to get to the cold, hard truth of things. Mm -hmm. We've got a Marx. Let's Mm -hmm. give me an Ingalls, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get to let's get to our scientific man. Let's let's yeah let's let's get to to Thaddy, the scientific daddy. Let's do it. I hate everything about that. (laughs) The The whole fabric, get off of him. The whole fabric of Southern society must be changed, and it never can be done if this opportunity is lost. How can Republican institutions, free schools, free churches, free social intercourse exist in a mingled community of nabobs and serfs? David, look up nabobs to make yeah. sure that's not a slur. I'm gonna I'm gonna check that one out. The fact that serfs is the other word made me think it's okay, but I don't I don't I know I'm thinking like, okay, a governor like in Naboo. India under the Mughal Empire. Oh, so what? so it's saying nabobs are like aristocracy. Oh, okay. And so I, yeah, I, okay. again, you know, I mean he Feudal wouldn't Lords. say aristocrats and serfs, because that would probably hit home a little too much. It's gotta be those 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 dirty eastern people. And, and oh, then the bobs, but it's just it's just Indian aristocracy right. in the Mughal. So Empire. first, first, uh, first strike against Thad. Doing a little bit of Orientalism there, Thad. I don't appreciate it. Uh, hit him home. Hit him where it hurts. Don't 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 go outside. Of the owners of twenty thousand acre manors with lordly palaces and the occupants of narrow huts inhabited by low white trash. If the South is ever to be made a safe republic, let her lands be cultivated by the toil of the owners of the free labor of intelligent citizens. This must be done, even though it drives her nobility into exile. If they go, all the better. It will be hard to persuade the owner of 10,000 acres of land who drives a coach and four that he is not degraded by sitting at the same table or in the same pew with the embrowned and hard-handed farmer who has himself cultivated his own thriving homestead of 150 acres. The county would be well rid of the proud, bloated, and defiant rebels. The foundations of their institutions must be broken up and relayed, or all our blood and treasure has been spent in vain. Okay. Okay. Here we fucking go. I was going to say that based on that paragraph. Stevens is about to kill all the landlords. <laughs> yes. I, I, I was going to say, based on, based on that paragraph, Stevens, that- Proto Mao. <laughs> Now imagine Tommy Lee Jones giving this speech because that is that is happening. That is headcanon right now. Tommy Lee Jones in a really weird wig giving this speech. Um, but yeah, he's going he, he's going in. He does not give a sh- like like I feel like Sumner's trying to appeal to all the aristocrats to try and get everyone on his team. And Thad's like middle fingers up. I don't care. Fuck y'all. We're gonna burn it down. Tommy we Lee Jones is sitting on a bench in Central Park going, "A laborer is smart." <laughs> Owners of tracts of land are stupid. <laughs> Fuck off. He figured that there were in the rebel states 465 million acres of land. Of this, 394 million acres were owned by 70,000 persons, each of whom possessed more than 200 acres. He argued that these 390... 390- Four million acres ought to be confiscated by the government. To each adult freedman should be given 40 acres, which approximately would dispose of about 40 million acres. 
The remaining 350 million acres he would divide into suitable farms and sell to the highest bidder, including city property. It should bring an average price of $10 an acre, making a total of $3 billion. Hey, you know what billions are? $540 million in 6% bonds, the income of which would go towards the payment of pensions to the deserving veterans and the widows and orphans of soldiers and sailors who had been killed in the war. This man has a fucking economic plan, baby. He's got he's got bonds in this shit. He does, but I can't listen because he didn't say three thousand five hundred and forty million. He said something about some billion. I, you know, I'm just saying he figured it out. Two hundred million dollars should be appropriated to reimburse loyal men in both the North and South whose property had been destroyed or damaged during the war. With the remaining three billion forty million dollars, he would pay the national debt. Stevens argued that since all this property, which has to be confiscated, was owned by 70,000 persons, the vast majority of the people in the South would not be affected by this policy. These 70,000 were the arch traitors, and since they had caused an unjust war, they should be made to suffer the consequences. Daddius Stevens is expropriating the ruling class to, like, solve social ills and and right the wrongs of the exploiters. What is happening? I was was wrong, Thaddy. I was wrong. Not that that it's not a compliment to be proto-Mao, but I was was inaccurate. You're proto-Mugabe, and I should respect that. This is fucking insanity. This was an American senator? You're standing Bernie Sanders, and I've got Thaddeus... Thaddeus Earl Jones Stevens out here just fucking laying track and and running over landlords with it. Fuck yes. Sumner, thinking along these lines, had hesitated because he's a coward. He said in June 1862, when confiscation was first broached, I confess, frankly, that I look with more hope and confidence to liberation than confiscation. I say again, coward. To give freedom is nobler than to take property. There is in confiscation, unless when directed against the criminal authors of the rebellion, a harshness inconsistent with that mercy, which is always a sacred duty to cultivate. But liberation is not harsh, and it is even certain, if properly conducted, to carry with it the smiles of a benignant, benign, benignite providence. All right, guys, fuck Charles Sumner. I'm going in now. He's out. <laughs> Charles is out. My friend, friendship with Charles over. Friendship with Thaddeus Stevens started. Let's go. This is fucking nonsense right here. Oh my god! Like this is Camus versus Sartre all over again. It all comes back. I've said that this is my grand theory of every communist, anarchist, leftist, whatever you want to call it, debate. It all boils down to Camus versus Sartre. It's just that <laughs> argument every single fucking time. So now, 1860s abolitionist is is Camus versus Sartre. And, uh, it all it's all the same fucking argument that's fair Just, yeah okay. Camus and Sartre had it like perfectly pinned down <laughs> later however he began to see the economic demands of emancipation and he wrote to John Bright March 13th 1865 can emancipation be carried out without using the lands of the slave masters we must see that the freedmen are established on the soil and that they may become proprietors from the beginning I have regarded confiscation only as ancillary to emancipation the great plantations, which have been so many nurseries of the rebellion, must be broken up and the freedmen must have the pieces. It looks as if we were on the eve of another agitation. I insist that the rebel states shall not come back except on the footing of the Declaration of Independence with all persons equal before the law and government founded on the consent of the governed. In other words, there should be no discrimination on account of color. If all whites vote, then must all blacks. But shall there... But there shall be no limitation of suffrage for one more than another, more than the other. It sometimes is said, "What? Let the freedmen of yesterday a slave vote? 
I'm inclined to think that there's more harm in refusing than in conceding the franchise. It is said that they are intelligent as the Irish just arrived, but the question has become immensely practical in this respect. Without their votes, we cannot establish stable governments in the rebel states. Their votes are as necessary as their muskets. As this, I am satisfied. Without them, the old enemy will reappear, and under the forms of the law, take possession of the governments, choose magistrates and officers, and in alliance with the northern democracy, put us all in peril again, postpone the day of tranquility, and menace the national credit by assailing the national debt. To my mind, the nation is now bound by self-interest, a self-defense, to be thoroughly just. The Declaration of Independence has pledges which have never been redeemed. We must redeem them, at least as regards to the rebel states which have fallen under our jurisdiction. Mr. Lincoln is slow in accepting truths. I reminded him that he would say the word we might settle in this question promptly and rightfully. He hesitates. Meanwhile, I feel it my duty to oppose his scheme of government in Louisiana, for which the president has is defeated in Congress. Let's not forget that plan for Louisiana, the 10% plan. Yes, no, that's, that's exactly what was being referenced there. Also, Sumner, Sumner, little wordy. Thad gets to the fucking point. Thad yes. is, hey, we're going to take their land and here's the five things I'm going to buy with it. Here, yes. here's my plan. Yes. So again, like, and this is a thing by Sumner. Sumner really was kind of in between this and he, he was hyper focused on the votes like rights. But I don't really want to take the land away kind of for a while. We should I we should do it with, with love, not hate type thing. But throughout yeah. the whole thing, I mean, and this was his focus on voting is, well, you know, we don't want them and their cronies just taking over all the government and getting their way and, and reinstituting the slavery, which, of course, came to fruition. So on the defensive, Sumner had a good inkling I, there. But obviously, he had to come around to the materialist end. So thank you, Thaddy, for for seeing I, and pushing that. Thaddeus Steve, uh, image of image for this episode. That if it's Thaddeus Stevens, just out 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 of a tank, just out of a te- just out of a big giant Russian tank, just rolling in, rolling <laughs> into the south. I need I need. All right, so it's it's a tank. It's Stevens with his head out of it. Uh it's it's Sumner in the back, like going, oh no. And he's just plowing through the South, just plowing <laughs> through a plantation. That's David. Go make that. Have to. Uh, Stephen's declaration found few echoes. He Senator- found an echo in here. <laughs> Senator Wade of Ohio was the only one who blazed a further path toward industrial democracy. He declared in public meetings that after the abolition of slavery, a radical change in the relations of capital and property and land is next upon the order of the day. Good Fuck God, yeah, Wade. Yeah. I, Fuck I thought, yeah, Wade. How did oh there was so many we were so close. Like we way were back right then. That, so close. Agitate, baby. Come on. When, and Wade you, added, you got, frankly, <laughs> that this democratic movement of freedom and power for men was easy was easily confused in men's mind with the older slogans of freedom for trade and industry. I, just so much pertinent shit to now, right here. Because you get materialists, it's the same material shit. Wade uh, Stevens, left hand, right hand, punch, punch, punch. Let's go. Come on, mm-hmm. take it down. There is no doubt, he also remarked, that if by an insurrection the colored people could contrive to slay one half of their oppressors, the other half would hold them in the highest respect and no doubt treat them with justice. <laughs> Kill half of them and see what the other half do. Right, right. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, again, we see how much more respect people have of, of abolitionist movements when police stations get burned down. I mean, Take the you, top show, you show who's Take in charge and, and all of a sudden people are, are a lot more respectful. Take the top 1%, cut that down to the top half percent and see what the other half does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
All of this simply increased industry's fear of Western radicalism and was regarded as advocacy of industrial revolution. These were the demands of the extreme leaders of abolition democracy. Leaders like Phillips and Douglas agreed with the demand of the ballot. Wendell Phillips said that the annual meeting of the Massachusetts Anti-Slavery Society in 1865 our philosophy of government since the fourth day of July 1776 is that no class is safe, no freedom is real, no emancipation is effectual, which does not place in the hands of the man himself the power to protect his own rights. That is the genius of the American institutions. The Negro must be given the franchise because we have no other timber to build the states with. And unless we build with him, we must postpone Reconstruction for so many years that the very patronage of territorial government would swamp Republican institutions. Keep them territories. Let democracy come in eight years or four with the money power in this bank system in one hand and territorial government in the other. And Republican government will be almost a failure. I'm sure we said some important stuff there. I've just been really thinking about, I mean, you could do it like a bracket system, I guess, and just make it like half of them on one side and half on the other. And just one-on-one cage matches, I think, is the easiest way to whittle that down because that'll really weed them out um, a little. I think that'll really put the fear. Um, we were we talking read, about something? We, we something? read Lenin, Fanon, Mao, hmm? Du Bois, and all of a sudden it's Senator Wade and Nathan's like, I, I know how to do a revolution. I figured it no, out. no, I'm just saying, no, I'm just saying he's getting, he's making some good points. Um, and, and then I really got on this paper. I think we could sell again. To, I'm, I'm thinking more in Steven. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Marxist Leninist Stevenist. Um, because I'm thinking, I'm thinking if we, if we, I mean, we sell pay-per-views to the cage match, uh, that's going to buy. And then I'll make some, some, some like 7% bonds. And then I'm, I think I can use that to do healthcare. I, yeah, I think we got this. No, I think this will work. I'm going to flush this one. I'm going to flush this one out, but I think, I think this may be the one. Douglas said, I am for the immediate, unconditional, paragraph. universal enfranchise. What's that? You skipped a paragraph at a Tremont Temple meeting in Boston. Oh, God damn it. At, the, at a Tremont Temple meeting in Boston, it was resolved that since the denial of rights to black men was the cause of disruption of the union, their enfranchisement and free equality before the law must be the cornerstone of the Reconstruction. Douglas said, I am for the immediate, unconditional, and universal enfranchisement of the black man in every state of the union. Without this, liberty is a mockery. Without this, you might as well almost retain the old name of slavery for his condition. For in fact, if he is not a slave of the industrial master, he is a slave of society and holds his liberty as a privilege, not a right. He is at the mercy of the mob and has no means of protecting himself. Not abolition. And that is where we are going to end it this Mm. week. I'm not not opposed to ending it on a Douglas quote, but you totally took me by surprise. Yeah, I did. I did jump you only because it feels like this next paragraph uh, I feel like this has been. There, there does seem to be a big turn in tone. There, yeah. there, I feel like a turn is coming based on a little bit of a pro, like we have now heard some very good things about some mm-hmm. people with some good ideas keep, in American history that you probably didn't positive. know. You didn't yeah. know. You didn't know Thaddeus Stevens was talking about liquidating landlords in order to pay back the Civil War. There's a lot. I mean, that's that's a nice revelation for me. Um, I'm I'm very good with that. Uh, but it does feel like yes, we're gonna get to the. But both sides had their points, and here's this other one. And I, you know what? I've had a shitty week. This is a good one. I want to stop right there. I also want to really keep, if we can just flush it out a little bit more, this cage match thing. I really do think we could. I mean, it's I, Hell in a Cell is there, man. Like Vince McMahon, he, he's shown what he if, will invest in anything. And then we'll put him in the cage. That'll be the turn. match was not claymation. 
live action. Yeah, celebrity yeah. Action. And instead of celebrities, it was Bezos. And and oh yeah, yeah let's no, do it's that. Like, yeah, it's it's actually it's 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 Jeff Bezos versus Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Mitch McConnell fan versus- voting. Fan voting. We put the voice into this. We get the people in. We're going to dem send it. We'll 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 have rank. It. We'll have selection it's, Sunday. People will be. There'll be teams. On, there'll be one percenters on the bubble. You won't mm-hmm. know what your net worth is. You don't know how much capital you own. We got to figure these things out. Yep. This is it's a plan, Mitch, and I think we can Mitch really McConnell get together. Versus Mitt Romney. That's that's a big one. Oh, Romney's going to smoke him, and you know it. <laughs> the turtle's just going to go into a shell, and Romney's got those long Mormon arms. Just going <laughs> to. <laughs> If he was actually a celebrity deathmatch, he would like beat him to death with the Book of Mormon. I mean, Joseph Smith would come down, the angel Marconi or whatever would come down with the plates and just <laughs> beat him over the head with the plates. Mitch McConnell, meanwhile, receding into his vestigial turtle shell, um, as he's wont to do. That being said, we did a disclaimer last episode, so no, yeah. you know, y'all, y'all don't need disclaimed. You know how to use this effectively. The the, F, the FTC can't come after us for not putting warning labels <laughs> on our podcast. Um FDC? Is the FDC FDA? even a or F, I, man? I I can buy the SEC, the FDA, and the FCC into like one hybrid organization that regulates drug prices, uh, whether or not Janet Jackson's boobs can be on TV, and securities regulations. I think that's the organization mm-hmm. I just created. I think that's what I just made. Nice. Um, nice. and with my eight percent bonds that I got off of the pay per view of my one percent celebrity death match. You were talking about SEC, and I had no idea why Nick Saban was coming into the episode. You know what that is? I, I you, it does show my bias as to which SEC I care about because yeah. college football means nothing to me. It's just ask um, people what MLM stands for, and you're going to get a wide range of of answers. Ask people what SEC stands for. Does MLM mean anything? I don't want to know. You know what? I don't want to know. I don't need to know. I don't need. I not a thing. I care. No. That being said, if y'all want to tell me what MLM means, uh, don't do it in my email. I would rather not know. Um, but uh, the email address that you can reach out to us on, if you have more sweet ideas on how to flesh out this uh, this fun, you know, celebrity deathmatch style tournament we're creating, uh, is marksmadnesspod at gmail.com. That's how you can send us long form messages in the electronic mail format. Um, if you would prefer to communicate with us uh, in a limited character format, we're on Twitter. Um, we're, you know, we're out there fighting the good fight, posting pictures of Charles Sumner driving a riding behind a tank that Thaddeus Stevens is driving. You, you probably see you see that right now. If you're listening to this episode, you can see that tweet right now. And if you can't, it's David's fault. Can't blame me for this one. Um, <laughs> that being said, we are at Mark's Madness Pod on Twitter. Our DMs are open. We're out there. We're hanging out. We're having fun. Uh, and if you would prefer to just, you know, chill in a spot and see, maybe you want to see some pictures of my dog, uh, you can come on to Discord. We made an emote out of her. She's, she's just out there hanging out, doing shit. Um, you know, we're doing all sorts of fun things there. And then we occasionally do actually like talk about important stuff. And if nothing else, it's just a group of like-minded people that when the world is on fire, you can kind of look and go, this is fucked up. Right. And they'll go, yeah, totally fucked up. And you know, solidarity. Um, that being said, this has been Mark's madness. David, anything else uh, at the end of the episode for, for you? Anything no, you want to chime I mean, in? Anything? The- don't don't lament don't. the world burning down. It's it's not easier and everyone, but you know, leverage that to, to go out and be part of the solution. Um Unless what we're talking about is actually things burning down and then do not try yeah, to be part I mean, of that if you're talking about like property burning down, let that shit yeah, roll. Don't, but no, don't run out about there and like, try and put out fires. That's not your job. Yeah, no. Um but 
yeah, don't don't go out and, and be a volunteer firefighter. Yeah. We when David says the world like, is burning, go out and, and, and help and, and help fix it. Like again, I'm not the bucket brigade from last episode, that that was parody and satire. Don't yeah. do that. No, I, I I mean like support the people that are being displaced, work to roll back climate yes. change, which of course is gonna have to come with socialist and decolonial revolution. That thing, you know, I mean work on mutual aid, work on on arming and self-defense of the people, work on political education, yeah. work on organization, everything. A like great, that. a great local, a great example that you you saw. Uh, I definitely saw it on Twitter, and I think I think it was. I'm almost positive it was in L.A. Um, just action, uh, things, just you know, uh, hostile architecture, things that that a group. I think it was uh, something the streets, L.A. There was uh, uh, the guy who wrote. I think. Oh, what did he write? Oh, some movie writer fucking made a GoFundMe. They put a bunch of boulders under a bridge in L.A. They basically took an oh, underpass, geez. an overpass, um, and bought Against these houseless m- people. massive boulders. And they're ugly, like not even cosmetically appealing. No justification for it. They look just like literally you had a construction site. You took a bunch of giant thousand-pound boulders and you plopped them along the the sidewalk in a way that made it impossible for homeless people or or houseless people to to set up there or to to you know find a place to sleep god forbid um and people noticed that uh pointed out on twitter and then that night a bunch of comrades with like u-haul dollies and straps and like all sorts of of you know improvised apparatus showed up and removed all of it oh and it turned out that that was like twenty six thousand dollars worth of rocks that they bought jesus and that it just took, but all it all it took was a bunch of, was some dedicated comrades and some time, and you removed. Hey, hey I want to piss six. You want to piss twenty six thousand dollars away for us to move it in today? Go for it. We can do this. Uh, see, I thought you were talking about like you know when you said L.A. I thought we were talking about like Long Beach People's Collective who were out there, you know, making meals uh, for for houseless. And, yeah, and a great organization. Every, every every there are I I think the 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 whole goal of that story would just show there are a lot of different. Things you can do. You you're not you're all right. You're not a talker. You're not a speaker. You don't want to go out and and organize face to face anything like that. Cool. That that you can move. Maybe you can move rocks. Yeah. Uh, there's there's maybe something out there for everybody. Chicken. Just yeah, exactly. Be involved. It, the more connected you are to community to your community, the more you know more plugged in you are to you know bigger organizations that that may just be able to point you in the right direction. The more effective you're going to be. Uh, in your organizing, the more you more you know connected you're going to feel to your community and to to your fellow workers and comrades. Mm-hmm. That was fun. That was good. That being said, this has been Mark's Madness. My name is Nathan. My name's David, and we will talk to you next week. Bye.